Thanks for being with us this morning. There was a big ruling yesterday from the Supreme Court. The court deciding that British Columbia does not have to hand over health records of millions of people. This in the ongoing dispute with Big Tobacco. And uh, Philip Morris, one of the con- uh, companies that had wanted access to those health records uh, on the uh, other side of this. Uh, and again, BC doesn't have to hand them over. So what does this ruling mean in the uh, ongoing case? between tobacco and the provinces. Rob Cunningham is a lawyer with the Canadian Cancer Society and joins us on the line now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Uh, what's your first response to uh, the fact that the Supreme Court have got, has gone against uh, some of the earlier court rulings and uh, says, no, these records do not need to be handed over? Well, from the perspective, from a number of perspectives, including that of the B.C. government and other provinces, uh, and from a health perspective, it's a good outcome. The Supreme Court of Canada judgment was unanimous. It was solid. It interpreted the B.C. legislation. It was clear that these records um, did not have to be provided to tobacco companies. And there's a provision in the B.C. legislation motivated by reasons of privacy that the individual health records, uh, which is in effect for millions of people in B.C., every, every time they had a service with their doctor or in a hospital or a prescription, anything like that, um, that is not to be provided. And that's what the court uh, unanimously decided yesterday. So that preliminary step is out of the way, and it has implications for other provinces that have identical legislation to B.C. Um, And uh, from that perspective, things can go forward. Uh, So Philip Morris had argued, though, uh, earlier on, that saying that it needed access to the health data of individuals in order to defend itself in court. And I think it even said uh, wanted the anonymous data. Uh, How were you able or how was how was the argument able to be made that even handing it over anonymously, not attached to names, would have infringed on the privacy of British Columbians? Well, you can still put together uh, information with respect to persons, you know, very specific circumstances. Um, And still, your health information is a very personal thing. And the other, you know, most of the tobacco companies in this case in B.C. said they didn't need it. And I think that the main motivation of Philip Morris International was to delay the trial. The tobacco companies have this great interest for there never to be a trial. The longer it takes for there to be a trial the longer they have to, the longer the delay before they pay billions of dollars in damages. The B.C. government has been reported in the media seeking uh, $10 billion. Collectively, provinces across Canada are seeking more than $120 billion. So there's a lot at stake. And, you know, the B.C. case has been going on for 17 years. Uh, that's a long time. And, you know, they keep raising these preliminary issues. The B.C. government keeps winning the preliminary issues, but still there's no trial. Um, it, yes, the data could have been anonymized, but there's a mechanism where they can get data that's needed. And the other companies have had an arrangement uh, with the B.C. government that, you know, various statistics Canada information is to be able to be provided. There's another mechanism uh, whereby any evidence that an expert would rely on would have to be provided to a tobacco company. There's a further mechanism where they can, you know, they can apply to a court for a statistically representative sample in another case. So there are mechanisms. Um, but to have the entire databases of everyone in the province, even with the name removed, was simply not allowed by the BC legislation. So we could see a scenario then, if it does get to court, and we do have people testifying, if someone is testifying or is testifying as an expert, a health expert, would that person then may have to put forward information saying, well, this X number of people in BC have lung cancer, or X number, uh, I guess not the same as handing over the records, but that information could still make it into the case. 
there's no doubt that broad statistical information, epidemiological information, is going to be able to be admitted. Uh, the legislation is clear about that. Um, and, you know, statistics about cancer and emphysema and heart attacks and healthcare costs, absolutely. And both sides can put forward uh, that information. Both sides will be able to make their case. Uh, you mentioned as well or talked about the delay of the case, and it has been going on for so many years. Does this, that we now have the Supreme Court ruling, does it mean we will see things move forward a bit, a bit more quickly? We certainly hope so. And we're urging um, BC government and other provincial governments to be aggressive in moving these cases to a trial. In the United States, uh, the outcome was significant. $245 billion payable over 25 years in out-of-court settlements. And their entire trial, from start to finish to the end of the settlements, was four years. Here we are in Canada, a far longer period of time. Part of the settlements in the United States also included new marketing restrictions, disclosure of more than 40 million pages of internal documents, uh, a new foundation uh, with funds to reduce smoking. Um, so these are all good measures. And in, if provinces in Canada persevere, at the end of the day, there's going to be a very significant outcome. <laughs> Only one province so far has a trial date set. That's New Brunswick. That's set for November 2019. But we'd very much like other provinces um, to, uh, you know, to have, have trial dates as soon as possible. And one thing in the context is that there were some class actions in Quebec that the tobacco industry lost in 2015 in Quebec Superior Court, and they had to pay $15 billion in terms of the damage award. Now, they haven't paid it yet. One billion of that has been paid in court pending an appeal. But the evidence in those Quebec class actions and the, the allegations of wrongful behavior are very similar to the provincial government Medicare cost recovery cases. So the tobacco industry knows that they're at great risk, um, and so, you know, well, that's why they don't want to trial, but it provides encouragement to governments that uh, they can be successful as well. And well, what happens if the New Brunswick case goes ahead and is the first to go to trial? Will that have an impact on, on the other trials that, involving other provinces? Well, I think the, um, I, it'll certainly have an impact in some ways. Um, all of the evidence that's entered in that, in that case becomes available um, to other uh, provincial governments. Uh, there's a lot of secret documents that remain concealed uh, by tobacco companies. There are six provinces that are represented by the same consortium of lawyers. So BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, PI have the same consortium. So there's a mechanism uh, whereby, um, you know, there's that type of collaboration uh, that can happen. Whether, you know, it, you know, what that will have in terms of a specific impact on trial dates for other provinces, I don't really have a, a comment right now. I mean, trials could be happening in different provinces at the same time. It, the Quebec class action case, it was roughly two and three quarter years in terms of the length of the trial uh, from start to the end of oral argument. Um, and in the United States, you had different, prov- different states that had trials going on at the same time. Um, so uh, I don't have a full answer, but I, I think overall it should accelerate and assist other provinces. Mm. Is there any uh, issue with with what might appear as as a bit hypocritical in that the province is fighting this and wanting damages from the cigarette, the tobacco companies, but still brings in millions of dollars in cigarette taxes? We recommend higher tobacco taxes as a strategy to reduce smoking, especially among teenagers. Uh, it's, a, it's the best strategy that we have. At the same time, these are paid by consumers. They're not paid by tobacco companies. If Exxon had a major oil spill off the coast of British Columbia, they would have to pay for the cost of cleanup. Um, but they would not be able to be excused. Hey, look, BC government, you collect gasoline taxes, therefore, or carbon taxes, uh, we don't have to uh, pay, or we don't have to pay as much. 
That argument was raised in the United States, but it did not prevail. It still resulted in these massive settlements with, with state governments. And the allegations are very serious in terms of the wrongful behavior of tobacco companies, that they advertised to kids, that they advertised to women, that they had misleading advertising, including for so-called light and mild cigarettes, that they had a, a decades-long conspiracy to cover up um, the health effects of smoking, denying with public relations campaigns it was proven that smoking caused cancer, undermining the warnings on packages, and even for decades not having any meaningful warning on, on packages whatsoever, um, and lobbying federal and provincial governments uh, when they tried to have stronger measures, whether it was restrictions on advertising, whether it was better package health warnings. So they have fought every step of the way. And the result of that is that many youth started smoking because of lifestyle advertising and so on, and many adults didn't quit. So more people smoking means more cancer and disease, means more health care costs that governments have had to pay. And it's hard to say that tobacco companies have done nothing wrong. I think it's just a matter of how much damages would be awarded. So, you know, the question that you ask has come up, but I think there's good answers to it. And question about the health records and the court ruling that they, they do not need to be handed over to Philip Morris. Do lawyers on the other side, on the provincial side, do they get access to those records? Um, I, I don't have a full answer for you, but, if, uh, but you know, they won't be able to testify. But anything that an expert for the provincial government relies on can be provided uh, to the other side, to the tobacco companies. And the arrangement that the B.C. government has made with the tobacco companies is the use of Statistics Canada data, uh, so, so broad data. Um, and, you know, if there's still an issue, tobacco companies do have a mechanism under the B.C. legislation and legislation of the provinces to apply to the court for a statistically meaningful sample of records. Um, but that would be, you know, just a you know, small portion of, of the entire thing. Right, because it does come back to the issue of privacy. And somebody listening to this who might be a smoker or who maybe has had health concerns in the past will be wondering, well, wait a minute, is my information now suddenly going to be part of this case? And I think many, you know, most people would object to that. And that's why in the, the Privacy Commissioner of BC intervened in the case before the Supreme Court of Canada to explain the importance of the privacy issues and why these records should not be disclosed. And, in fact, the Supreme Court of Canada concluded they will not be disclosed. Where does it go from here uh, now that we've had the Supreme Court ruling on this issue? Uh, like you said, it's been uh, happening for 17 years. What's the next step? Well, in B.C., it's at the pre-trial stage. So there's discovery. There's the exchange of documents. Um, there's not a trial date set. Um, but when, you, you know, the, when the parties are ready with their experts, uh, their expert reports, and they've they've had a chance to question the other side before trial, then a trial date will be set. All right. So we'll have to uh, leave it there, and uh, we will wait and see when the uh, things start moving again. Uh, Rob Cunningham, thank you so much for joining us this morning to talk about this. I appreciate that. Jill, thanks very much. My pleasure. All right. That is Rob Cunningham. He is a lawyer with the Canadian Cancer Society. Uh, talking about the Supreme Court ruling, BC does not have to disclose health records uh, to cigarette makers. Uh, your thoughts on this? Maybe you are a smoker, an ex-smoker. Uh, what do you think about the ongoing uh, legal action? It's been going on almost two decades.